Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Casting Fate. We have to do stuff a little bit different this time, which you may have noticed we've had to do the past couple times. We had a couple sicknesses that came through our group and literally wrecked two recording sessions, which is just kind of how life goes. So one of the cool things that we're going to be putting up on our Patreon is what we did before we actually started the official campaign. I wanted to get a little bit more comfortable with DMing, and I kind of wanted to learn how I was going to interact with each player, but I also thought it would be fun to have a backstory of how they got to where they were before they met the group. And the players didn't get a chance to listen to these. They still have not had a chance to listen to these. And they had no idea what was coming beforehand, and the campaign ran as it has. So, what I'm going to do, since these episodes are fully exclusive on Patreon, is I'm going to take a a little section out of each one of the 101s. I'm going to put these in here as a bit of a teaser, a little, like, hey, come check out what we have on our Patreon. But also, because, you know, when players get sick, that's just the way it goes. And I'm sure I'm going to get sick at some point and life moves on, but I wanted to give something for the people out there that expect something on Wednesdays, because we said we're going to post it, so we're going to do it. So, without further ado, please enjoy these flashbacks back to the very beginning, before the players were even in Kitstall. And if you'd like to listen to the full episode, you know where to find it. Go Oak Road. If you live in the area, go drink some good lagers because they have the best lager life, and that's all they really brew are lagers, so you can't go wrong. No IPA bullshit. Do, 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 do. That's Oak Road. The end of the, yeah, that's the <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself and describe yourself when we get into it, or would you like me to? Well, I don't even. I would rather you introduce yourself to at least the, the listeners. Right, so. Because you have a better understanding of. I do. Yourself. I have what I'm what I look like right here with this awesome menu from Hero Forge, which is so dope. And then actually the picture. But I am playing a Herringon. I am about medium size, five foot eight. I've got white feather that's like a little bit glisteny in the moonlight. Um, black ring black rings are on my eyes, piercings on my ears, my nose, my eyebrows. Um, I'm pretty lean, pretty nimble. I'm a rabbit, of course, so ghost. Mm-hmm. I've got these crazy, like, citrine eyes, so that's yellow for people that don't know. It's like yeah. this weird golden yellow. Be real specific with that one. <laughs> I mean, if you are into, like, jewels and stuff, you would know what citrine is, but... Oh, okay. Um, jade hair, like, pushed over to the side, got a little undercut on one side, about shoulder length. Look kind of emo, <laughs> look kind of intimidating. <laughs> But 
could be anything less. Um, I carry a staff that has two floating stones on it. One is obsidian and one is moonstone. Um, yeah, kind of like traveler-esque, nothing too fancy. Got some leathers, got a bow, a little bit of plate armor, but chest plate and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. I like that. Yeah, and uh, her name is Watson. But people just usually call her Watts. Okay. Yeah. I didn't have that information. I didn't give it to you. Oh. <laughs> Holding out. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how she looks. And, um... Oh, she's got a tattoo. But nobody can see it, so... Which is interesting. Because it's covered up mm -hmm. by her fur. Yes. Yeah. Shave, shave. And you can see it. Stitch, stitch. Hair grows over. Maybe she shaves it every day. Every couple of days so that it's there and she can actually see it. But you know what? She probably doesn't do that. She probably just like... <laughs> she probably just tufts her fur a little bit and is like, oh, I know it's there. Yeah, I feel like shaving every day wouldn't be the best for a bunny. Yeah, that would suck. I would feel like a guy with a beard mm. that shaved. And that would, that would totally blow. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's about it. So, uh... Alright, now that we all yeah. know what we're getting into. And she is making her way down to Kipstall. Down to Kipstall. And actually, we're, we're going to start this adventure is on a ship. Oh, so, shit! I know. We are making our way... Don't even do it to me. What? Sorry. I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Although I do like that that's where your head went. We're just gonna bring all of that in for fun before we even get too far into it. No, but we're leaving the Komodo Pier, which is relatively close to where you're from. Oh, that would be Boat Creek and you're a boat. Oh shit! Whoa, my mind is blown. All right. <laughs> I was about to say, like, dude, your chair is really creaky. You might want to fix that. Okay. Yeah, I was moving. So in the ship, we find Watson in her private cabin, looking at a note from Snow and Zaj. How did you plan on pronouncing? Zaj. Zaj? Okay. Yeah, you got it. A note from Snow and Zaj. Oh, yeah. That says, let death not scare us from seizing the greatest depths of our potential. S and Z. Sounds like them. Which to others may not be the best, most heartfelt letter of well wishes, uh, but it is what you expect from them, from their training, and about what you yeah. would be raised around as well. And it's one of those situations where the words not spoken mean more, more which would be be safe, be mm -hmm. smart, we miss you. And we can't wait to see you again. I think she she she's like she knows exactly what they mean, and she's kind of like, fuck, oh, sucks being away from them. She folds it up, puts it, tucks it into her pocket. So you've been on the I guess I was going to say on the road, but that's not quite right. You've been on the water for some time. I would say a few weeks at least, making different stops here and there, and you're finally getting close to Kipstall. And you are hired on to watch over the animals. This is a goods, like a merchant ship, that has rare animals. Because mm -hmm. as 
the northerners know these southern people like their rare pets. So they could boast and show off how wonderfully rich they truly are. They actually don't even know how to handle them, but alright. That's exactly right. (laughs) So, knowing that you're getting close, you're going to go talk to the first mate. And you have to go find out where they are. The ship is three-tiered. Below hand, you have, like, on the very bottom level, you're going to have a lot of the provisions and things that you need to kind of, like, continually feed and, like, backup storage of sails and repair kits and shit like that. Barrels and stuff like that. Exactly. All right. The second tier, you're going to have bunks, private quarters, and some animal cages and stalls in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then above that, on the very top deck, you're going to have, obviously, where you do, like, the top deck boat stuff. You're going to have people with the sails and swabbing of the decks. Top deck chores. And you actually do, because it is a merchant boat, you're going to have extra containers up there, if you will, like boxes. You're going to have some more animals that need to be in the sun a little bit more and whatnot. So you assume that's where you will find the first... What's his name? His name is Tybalt. Tybalt? T-I-B-U-L-T. I I was way off. What'd you put? T-Y? (laughs) T-Y. B-O-L-T? Yep. Nice. T-I-B-U-L-T. Tybalt. (laughs) Tybalt. I know what he, um... Hmm? I know what he looks like. You do. He is half-elf. Okay. He is, like, clean... Manicure, like hair, very nice and polished. Pretty boy. His suit. I wouldn't say pretty boy. I would say more he likes precision. Okay. But at the end of the day, he's still going, like he still has a, an air of, don't fuck with me. But captain as you man. have to have as first mate. Not the captain, right. though. Oh, not a captain. First no. Mate. You first actually mate. have not met the captain. What? Alright, that's weird. It is weird, but... So um, is the captain. Oh shit. Does the ship have a name? The ship does have a name, but it's nothing that you're going to be super excited about. It's just the Komodo barge. <laughs> uh, just for future reference, I don't, I don't know. I may, uh, I may need to know it one day. That's true. I mean, if, if you like some back history of that. They were the first barge that set sail after building the pier themselves, so the name comes straight from the family who built the pier. And they are the main leaders of exportation between <clears throat> the Komodo Pier and Kipstall. Can I, I can just look real quick where this is located on my map? Okay, right. Oh, yep. it's super close to where I'm from. Okay. Easy. Fuck me, you said I was close to Kipstall. <clears throat> yeah, so after a few weeks of going down, or months, however right. the technical nautical time would be... We are about, we have passed Juniper Bay. Oh, sweet. If and not, like, coming it. right here. So we'll be hitting dock, which is what you actually will want to find out. Okay, so I'm going to make my way up um, to the top deck. Yes, you are on the mid-level in your own private quarters, right. which you got because of your job and connections. I guess I, so I leave my quarters and, um, is there a lock? Can I lock my door? You can. All right, I lock my door, and then I make my way up top, and I uh, look for Tybalt. Obviously, I know what he looks like, so I'm just going to observe. As you come up out of your room, you're coming down a long 
inside of a, a, a ship, so there's not a lot of light. It's kind of dark, the creakiness that we heard previously. And as you come up, you see sun shining down from the top, and it's almost like a corrugated? What's a... Where it's overlapping slats of wood, and so you have squares of light shining in. So it's oh, okay. like kind of like, put like a yeah. yeah. So it's like a checkered light ray coming in with the dust and everything from the ship. Oh, it's nice. like very mystical and sparkly. You would continue through that area into the stalls, so it's almost like divided in half. Okay. So you would have all the the animals in the front, and then you would have all the bunks in the back. So the private rooms are all the way back here. So I pass the animals first. But the captain, actually no, so you would go right up to the middle oh, before okay. you get to the animals. Before I leave, I'm gonna like, put my hand into the cage, and be like, hey Tibsies, how's it going? <laughs> Give him a little scratch underneath his purse. A little, Give uh, him a little treat, and then I'm gonna be like, I'll be back later. You <laughs> oh. <laughs> drew so much all the time. As you walk up the stairs, you hear snickering behind you, and you turn around to see a group of people. So you have two ship hands that are of no high rank, necessarily, but it is people that you really don't associate with, and you have... I wouldn't say you try to ignore them, Mm -hmm. you just don't really want to be around them. They're cheap hired hands, just meant to like swab decks and just do all the grunt work. But they're snickering and they're looking at you and they look, you would know with your passive like perception that they're. Just crazy eyes. You you get the sense that they're always up to something. All right, well, if they're snickering. They are snickering. I'm, I'm pretty young, I'm not insecure, but I'm gonna turn around and be like, what are you laughing at? Not, nothing. Why is it close behind me? We, you walked past us. We were in this, uh, our room. And you happened to walk right past us. We were, you stumbled upon us. Go about your business. I'm gonna like squint my eyes at them and just be like, watch yourself. Make you my way up. Watch yourself. I said, watch yourself first. I'm gonna go up. <laughs> you can hear the other men smacking him like, you insulted us. <laughs> Males look stupid. <laughs> As you make it on top of the boat, Idiots. you look around and you actually see Tybalt talking to the chef of the boat. They're very close to where you would find the captain's quarters. But they seem to be in almost a private conversation. And since you're looking for them, why don't you roll an inside check to see their mood. Probably like a ring or something. I guess more or less you would want to find out... If it would be appropriate to end her up or something. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Um, insight? Mm-hmm. That is an 18. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you got that quite well. So at the same moment when you realize they're coming up and you walk up to them, Tybalt looks up and does a curt smile. And he goes, ah, hello, Watson. And at the same time, the chef, who you actually happen to be good friends with, Hi. named Narla. Oh. Narla, G-N-A-R-L-A, is a half-orc. <laughs> Very rough looking half orc with tattoos all over her body of different baked goods. Oh shit. 
she carries a giant butcher cleaver with her at all times and y'all bonded over the fact that neither of y'all are very approachable looking rather that your spirits and personalities are you. quite the opposite I see you. um so as you walk up she gets very excited she's like oh good morning watson i didn't expect to see you already are you excited to get to Kipstall? Hello, my favorite person. I am. Um, I'm going to do a handshake because we always like bump elbows. So I'm going to give her a right elbow. Hi. Um, I'm fucking, I'm super excited. You know, I've never been down there before and I, I honestly can't wait. Ah, uh, you picked a good time. Sean says a great time to no, get down I've there. I've never been there for Sanja. Are you actually going to step foot off this boat? No. You're not going to have a drink off this boat. Well, I don't. You are going to have a drink off this boat. I don't know. Maybe on the docks. <laughs> I don't like to go too far from my, my source of income. I will, I'll take the docks and I'll bring you a fucking ale or whatever you want when I go down there. You've got to step foot off this boat. About that time when she looks down at herself, and she's a large yeah. half orc woman. You need to move around more. This is it's only... more convenient just to sit. Right. You can't walk vegetables. just 50 feet and turn around and go down the stairs and sit down. You always make me a better person, but I hate you for it. I think what you mean is you love me for it. I right? didn't want to throw back that fish the other day that I caught. Right, but um, we can't eat everything we see, can we? Well, that is a challenge I have. We're getting off subject, <laughs> is what we are. What did you come up here for? Um, actually, I uh, sorry, I love you to death, and uh, I want to talk to you later about some stuff, but I need to talk to Tybalt for a minute. All right. Uh, Don't want to interrupt, but... Uh, no, that's all right. I was going through my grocery list of what I wanted, and I was going to have some... Pissant, get it for me. You know what? These fuckers on the bottom of the stairs, they have nothing to do. Grab them. They they need something to do. Alright, I think I will. Love you. I'll see y'all later. Tybalt, give me my money. Mm. Oh. And she kind of like saunters off, almost to like the rocking of the bow, but at the same time, it's more or less that she's just a large person. Mm. And she has to like do that walk to get downstairs. I feel like the sway of the boat wouldn't even make a difference. She's just so used to it. It's like straight. It almost helps her to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Tybalt turns to you and goes, hello. Hey. Um, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, I forgot what I wanted to ask you. Huh. Hmm. Are we... Are we close to uh, Kipstall? Actually, yes, we are. We are, uh, I'd say, about an hour away. I was actually going to come looking for you shortly to see if you could get the animals ready to go. Yes, um, I know how to do that. Of course I will. Well, that is why we hired you. Get them ready to go. Absolutely. Right, I guess basically just <laughs> make sure the stalls are clean, the animals are happy. Oh, they're always happy. Yeah. Of course. Well, you know me. That's good. That means you're doing your job the way we want yeah, you to uh, do it. Uh, How, uh, are you nervous about getting into Kipstall? I don't mean to pry a little one, but I, you seem, aside from hanging out with Nala, you're very to yourself. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I'm... I'm always to myself. I was kind of like, 
raised like that. I only have like two close friends and they're not around me, so. Hmm. But I'm not, you know me, I'm not like opposed to talking to people. I just kind of like my own company. Okay. Well, Kipstall's a big city. I don't know where I'm headed though. I got a destination. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I'm not like willy nibbling everywhere. I kind of have a. You're not. You're not what? Yes, we're the. Uh, we're really nibbling. They're the Ryuth Mountains. Oh, it's a Ryuth term, is they, it? When you when you do things without a plan, it's called really nibbly. Really nibbly. And that's not what I'm about. I'm going to have to remember that a bit. You, you do that. Really nibbly. I'm As here he says that, he kind of like grabs. Of your... <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, expanding of the minds. <laughs> you get this weird sense of the the weird, not necessarily like dichotomy, but like the relationship. Dad, I don't know. So you have like a really young person versus like Temple like is probably hierarchy. like forty five years old, and so it's, he's very almost just like I think he he sees you affectionately, but he doesn't know how like what to do about it. It's not his normal line of work, so he's very off put. Like, so, you're a good kid. Kind of. <laughs> and like, he doesn't know what to do. So, like, mm-hmm. willy-nibbly, it was almost like, all right, this is getting too much in those. So he, like, grabs his jacket, tightens oh, yeah. it up a bit. He's like, okay. Um, okay, if I see that, I'll be like, oh, it's all right. If you, I don't make to feel, you to feel uncomfortable or anything like that. I did you know. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, of course not. We, no. We're... Watson, if you could check on the animals, that would be great. We'll be there in about an I hour. I will make them ready. Um, come see me before you. Yeah, of you, course. You go <laughs> for your pay, of course. Um, thank you for everything, and you're you're great, and uh, wonderful. Right. And I walk off. <laughs> yeah, he turns around and goes, Roger. <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, I don't know why people can't express their emotions. They're so big. <laughs> just going off on other people. All right. <laughs> All right. So you know that there are two areas of animals to check out. There's one on the top deck, which is where you are, and there's one below. Which would you like to check on first? But no, the absolutely outstanding lagers and beers all around. So thank you, Oak Road. Now, let's get into it. Let's start off with who are we talking to today? You want to describe a character? Absolutely. Uh, I play Brenler Ergamir. He is a uh, Asimar. He's a protector. Uh, he's a six-three human-like figure. Uh, and he is from the town Skolver. Uh, he's got a nice 
head of hair, long blonde, glowing hair. <laughs> uh, he also has a uh, blonde beard that is braided, that goes down to about his chest. His skin is quite flawless. Uh, a lot of women and men would consider him an attractive being <laughs> in their eyes. I mean, let's be honest, he's a, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a good looking dude. But he is. <laughs> he's got uh, bright yellow eyes. Uh, and when he is in the presence of evil, or when he is empowered uh, by the spirit of uh, Neratol, who is the god he worships, his eyes will glow. So it's kind of an indicator. Uh, he uh, wears a set of uh, black armor that is outlined by rose gold and the finer details. He also dons a, uh, a black helmet and uh, a large shield also traced in uh, rose gold. And he uh, also has a great sword that is uh, donned on his back. His role is he's a holy knight uh, who serves the god Neratol, who's one of the one of the big gods of the northern realm. Uh, he lives his life committed to Neratol, and he also serves the other gods. But mainly, he's gonna follow Neratol. You know, uh, may bring up examples of his teachings or mm -hmm. other other but other things like that. But you may hear him speak. When he's in the city or interacting with other characters, like he, you know, he'll refer to the gods, you right. know, because he still sees them as a, a higher figure than he is. But he, he's committed to the his god Neratol, and all the gods and his uh, his people. He truly uh, wants to serve and protect his people. That's basically what he sees as his uh, only mission in life. Basically, is to to serve you know, and the, the gods, and then protect the, the people that uh, are in his land, in his region, um, because that's also what Neratol teaches right. his followers, is uh, to protect his people, basically. Um, okay. Yeah, that's so good. he uh, is a military has a military background because Skolver has uh, is very mi militaristic as well. You can stop there. Okay. We'll leave the rest for the people right, to listen right, to. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that was plenty. I hope that was I hope that was very detailed. It was. <laughs> so actually we will be starting off our adventure in Skolver. Yes sir. So as the sun begins to set through the mountain peaks at the evening time let's say it's about seven o'clock shortly after dinner or maybe depending on Bren's lifestyle, whenever he can catch some dinner, what would he be doing in the weekday or the evening? He's going to spend his time conversing with the people of Skolver, talking to them, forming relationships, uh, and building upon those relationships to, you know, feel really connected to all of them. You can also, uh, he can also be found reading religious texts, studying, uh, like I said, he's like a servant of Nirithal, so he's going to be in the temple a lot, reading in his mm -hmm. free time, studying almost, if you will, trying to just uh, further his knowledge, and I guess you could say discipleship or whatever. Okay. Uh, 
to to that. And then he also, you can, the other thing you'd be doing is training, you know, right, like right. in the field, you know. Okay. Combat so let's say wise. at this point, which is late fall, getting closer to winter, mm-hmm. we'll find him in the main square of Skulver conversing with a small group. And as you were talking to these very fine young women <laughs> about your religious duties right. and how you obtained such luscious, beautiful hair, you hear this little kid, a humanoid, running up. It's a little, not super dirty. Like, you can tell it's just a, a kid that doesn't wash that often, not like yep. a bum by any means. And it runs up and starts tapping on your armor. It's like, sir, sir, sir. Little one, how can I help you? Uh, sir, Thorleaf would like to speak with you if, when, when you have a chance. Ah, of course he wants to talk to me. Immediately I will go uh, see him to see what it is. Thank you, my young. Okay, th- okay, okay, uh, 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 bye. A little embarrassed. It's, it's, <laughs> you see it's a young boy yeah. looking at the two beautiful women and they smiled back and he like completely caught off guard, not really expecting. Yes. Um, let's see, he was told that he would be able to find you in the training realm. So he kind of was expecting a little different situation. To some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a little bit nervous, skittish, he runs away, right. and uh, you can make your way up towards yeah. the the main hold where you can find Thorleaf. Yeah, gonna start heading that way. Um, so as you knock and enter, uh, he was told beforehand that you were on the way and they knew to look for you so there's no like passes or anything mm-hmm. that you have to go through. You're pretty well known through yeah. this area anyway. Mm-hmm. You converse regularly with Thorleaf. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can slowly walk up and you kind of see him standing on a balcony and it's getting a little bit darker and the fires are starting to emit some more like a warm glow around the area and it's a lot like Sculver, everything is very slate grayish. There's not like too much color, uh, especially as the sun goes in between the mountains. You get a lot of really beautiful stars kind of popping mm-hmm. up. Um, and you walk up and he's lost in thought. And he doesn't quite notice that you're there exactly. You can kind of see him like stroking on his beard a little bit, just like thinking and kind of pacing. Um, you see this, he was about an average height for an ASMR, but he's a big burly version, like a very stocky, uh, slightly bigger than you, to be honest. It's almost like he has a bit of a giant on him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice, slicked back, black hair. Everything is very clean and proper and to precision. Um, not in a anal retentive way, just more like, this is how we do, mm. this is how we continue to do, mm-hmm. and to be successful. Like, why embellish on these things if I have more important things to focus on? So as he paces and he's in his, not armor, it's more like a leisure mm-hmm. king wear, yeah. if you will. Um, you slowly approach behind him and he turns around and he goes, oh, Bryn, please. Come sit with me over here. I... You seem troubled, Thorleaf. Roll an inside check. Right. We're getting <laughs> right into it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Inside, inside. <clears throat> 16. Oh, that's a 20. 
That's a that's a that's a natty twenty. Oh my god, nat twenty. No, I'm just kidding. Sixteen oh. plus four. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? How'd you mess that up? Okay. That'd have been nice though. <laughs> that would be nice. Um. He sighs heavily. In any other given situation, I would try to convince you otherwise. But you are right. I have a lot on my mind. I've been getting continuous messages from around Kunavar. And I'm concerned about events that seem to be happening. He walks over and fills up his cup with a glass of wine and he turns around and looks at you. Would you... Please, yes, of course. Pours two, comes back, here you go. You can still see that he's kind of like, he doesn't know exactly how to put the words together. This mm -hmm. is more vulnerable than you've seen Thorleaf before, mm -hmm. especially with this military leader and the, the guy who runs Skolver, which is the, the largest city in Kunovar, honestly, but especially the north. Um, being inside the mountains, it was very hard to build such a prominent city. And so, like, seeing some unsureness from him is, is different. It's not so often that we see the leader of the great people of uh, Skolva lost for words in thought. <laughs> what has you troubled, my friend? Speak freely. I do appreciate the laugh that you gave me, actually. I, did, I didn't expect that at all. But it was nice. There are very disturbing rumors that have reached my ears of atrocities that we haven't seen in quite a long time. And honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen such a thing happen on a broad statement. We're getting cults, murders, like continuous murders from the same style. There's reports of monsters throughout the land. This used to be such a happy land where we worked hard for what we have. But we were, were able to enjoy the re, like the fruits of our labor and this is what I've always fought for. There's always been evil in the land, but we've been able to stop it. We've been able to contain it. It has been manageable. And now it's just like all the reports. Bryn, I feel overwhelmed and I am too old of a, of a man to be going out into the field. And I must ask you to do something that is beyond what I should be asking. I think I sip my drink. You may speak. I listen. He looks off into the distance as his people, and you can see like the little fires kind of lighting up throughout the mountains and you can hear in the off distance as it echoes through the valley, it's like people like enjoying their life and you can see that he's staring at it and he's like, how, what am I gonna do? 
And so he looks at you, and you can see in his eyes, he's trying to get you to see the importance. He goes, I need you to go to Kipstow, which I, I understand is on the other side of, <laughs> of the continent. Like, literally, this is the, the, the furthest journey that I could possibly send you. And it's so far from where you've been growing and training and you've grown to be such, like, a dependable person to our kingdom and to our community and the people love you, but you're the only person that I can trust with something like this, and it's... It's a scary thing, and I, w I need to be here with our people to protect them. If anything were happening, I can't go. I don't have the ability to travel as much as you. Are you willing to go through the lands to find out what is going on? Maybe they are just rumors. That would be a wonderful blessing to find, that you find nothing. Just some crazy cult, maybe. I don't know. But things seem too... And you can kind of see him pause, like catch himself a bit. Like he almost kept talking, but stopped. I'm going to walk up next to him on the balcony, looking over the people. Because I'm assuming I've been listening to him from behind. And I'm going to... Feel if... My duty is to our people, to the gods. Do not burden yourself with asking me to do what I must to protect the ones we love. The gods will it. We know near it all relies on us to dictate his commands and his love to the people. So what, whatever you're asking me to travel, to root out these infestations and worms of evil, I will go happily for you. That is a blessing to the ears. You must go quick. There isn't much time to waste. And you can see him, like, the moment that you agreed to go on such a thing, it's like, we must go. He, like, snaps out of his reverie and realizes that the potential to save the people and also stay here to watch over them personally is attainable. So he rushes back into his chamber, which is kind of like an office, bed, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um inside of the mountain, kind of overlooking his kingdom, and he hands you a really old key. It, not old in the sense like a ancient times, this is a weird key kind of old, but more like a, this key was given to him, and he set it down on the shelf and hasn't touched it for years, right. many, many, many years. If anything, it may even not even be his. Mm -hmm. It could be someone before him. You don't really know. But he hands you this key. It was this is a key to the end inside Kipstall. And it is called, if I could 
The double down stable. I knew it was written on here somewhere, I just couldn't find it. <laughs> There's a room that's been waiting, always reserved, always completely paid for. It is yours. Um, but I'm not going to make you travel for months and months. We don't have that amount of time for you to get down there to find whatever may be happening. It's impertinent that you head home immediately. Pack whatever you need. Pack light, my friend. Pack light. And be wary of what you take that is personal, that can be used against you. I, I fear that without any kind of knowledge of what's going on, we don't really know what to expect. But after you get your things, and he kind of like snaps out of like a thought that's happening to him, he's like, you must go and talk to Galwon. And I know you've seen Galwon from a time to time, which is how you have such very impressive armor, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Galwon is a... is a wizard? Say Galwon? Galworn. Worn. Uh, it's a woman... I don't know, like a wizard? Mm-hmm. Anyway, she enchants things. She's kind of like the, the high council wizard sure. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she'll be in the base part of the castle. So you kind of like all up on the top. Mm -hmm. So you go back down, get your shit if you want to go get anything, and then you can come down into like the weird, like creepy basement area, which yeah. is where you would expect a wizard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, immediately go see Galwon. Tell her that I sent you, and tell her where you need to go. She's been. Don't tell her what you're doing. I don't want to strike fear and rumors getting out even more. I just, I just, she knows that you're on a mission and she will send you where you need to go. Um, I'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder. Uh, Dearly, with my sword and my shield on my back, I will need nothing else. Before I leave, is there any sort of information you can give me that you're aware of that I should be Expecting to encounter on my quest. I don't have much. I will admit, though, part of the reason I chose you is based upon your religious studies. I've noticed that you've stumbled upon something unusual in the religious text. A uh, mention of a god named Mech. Whereas it's been retranslated into Met, which is easy enough. But with everything else adding up, it, I do not like what I'm hearing. I don't know if it's anything. I don't know if they're attached at all. I, I simply know those are two of the main oddities that are happening right now. The evil throughout the land of the rumors must be true. It's too coincidental and too frequent to be a falsity. I'm afraid to admit. The other one, I don't know. But definitely go forth and talk to a woman in Kipstall. She might know more. I haven't talked to her in ages. I don't even know if she's really even there. But if you present the key to the double down stable. Double down? Double down stable? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Shit. 
Yes. <laughs> Good job, Mia. If you present the key, she will know that you are from Skova, and she will realize and believe the tale of the honesty that you tell her that I sent you, and that... Her name is Ayan. She's elvish. And a... a cleric. She might know more. She's the best lead that I can give you. I also request that you send me messages, encrypted, of course, uh, throughout the way. And if you can make it back, even if the messages get here far later than you, please let me know what happens throughout the land. Now go! Go! And he kind of like rushes you out as you're like, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> Hello, I'm on my way. He doesn't even bother to close yeah. the door. Like as you walk by, you kind of like look over your shoulder, mm -hmm. and you can see him just like pacing, just mm -hmm. like very, very visibly shaken. Like mm -hmm. there's no insight check needed for the fact that like once yeah. you like he like broke down and like talked to you, that he's very concerned. All right, I'm gonna make my way down to the lower levels and meet this wizard enchanter of. Many things. Uh, as you make your way down to the the, <laughs> the castle, if you want to call it a hold, I think it's a better better term. Yeah. It gets darker and darker as naturally you would assume, but then all of a sudden you like walk by and there's just like a random window that has sunlight or not like sunlight, but like light from like toward like uh, torches and everything kind of shining through, and you're just like very confused. Like, wait a second, if if light is a thing that can happen here, why is it so dark? Like, you can kind of pick up those things. Okay. Because most of the time, whenever you actually get, like, when you got your armor enchanted by Galvorn, which is why it's nice mm -hmm. and stocky, uh, you did it through the armory, and they yeah. took it to her. So mm -hmm. you've never, like, seen Galvorn personally, gotcha. maybe mm -hmm. in passing. Right. Um, but you come down to those big giant doors that kind of come into like a tier. They're like aged, scratched, like they look beaten the fuck up and like old iron like handles and things. Um, but these are the doors and inside it says, Galwin, scratched into a plank of wood. <laughs> uh, just gonna bang on the door. All right. Just a boom, boom, boom. So you hear this... <laughs> and the door opens and you see this very odd, like, frail, thin, like, human woman with long black hair. And she's weird, for a better example. Mm -hmm. And you realize, like, as the door opens, you see her mouth, like, making the noises, and you're like, oh, she made those noises. <laughs> and she's like, how can I help you? Well, oh, wait. Master Brindler. Yes? <laughs> I recognize that armor anywhere. What? Do I have the pleasure of... Oh, is it Thorleaf? He mentioned that I would be doing something for somebody. Is it you? 
I believe so. He told me to come see a very beautiful wizard down in the bottom oh. of the cave. <laughs> yeah. You see her, her face turns red, which is really apparent because she's pale as shit. Yeah. And she's like twirling her hair. She's like, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So she ushers you in and closes the door and it's silent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was no like, worries, oh, I forgot worries, to do yeah. that noise. I'm sorry. She's like, okay, so I'm supposed to send you somewhere. Kipstall, right? That's what he says. Okay. I don't have good luck sending people to Kipstall. There's just something weird about the area. I will send you close enough. Um, so what I'm going to need you to do is to come over here and just stand in this spot, right? Do you have everything that you need? Got my sword on my back, my shield. Yeah. I have my weapons. Okay. These are all I need. That's everything? You don't want any mushrooms for the trip? I wasn't aware that they were... Okay, real. let's go! <laughs> and she throws a mushroom at you anyways, and then immediately casts the spell like she was ready for you there. Yeah. And lights glow up all around you, and everything starts to get a little hazy, and then all of a sudden she goes, Bye! And you... You disappear. I'm just gonna jump into it. We're gonna start this journey in the large, bustling city of Philiport. The connecting city through the Freewind Mountains and the Great Dismal Divide, being the major import-export city between the north and the south. The sun has just set beyond the mountains and the city's energy divides between a peaceful relaxation after a long day of work and a joyous energy for the night to come. We find ourselves behind a teenage human with shaggy brown hair and a goofy smile, passing out coupons for a bar down the road. And he sees, go ahead and describe yourself. <sighs> it's not right in front of me. Um. Oh, he's, do you want the, do you want the guy? No, I, I, I got this. Uh, he sees like a six foot ten, like human, uh, very, <clears throat> very tall, very large human for like as far as humans go. He's a big boy. Everybody thinks that he's maybe got some like mountain troll or something, or some giant in him. Like this guy's like real big. Um like bordering 300 pounds of just muscle, just like brick house kind of kind of dude. Um, <clears throat> has a big fur, fur rimmed leather coat on, like big, big heavy jacket. Um, underneath the jacket though, he's got like, he's got two axes on his 
on his sides. He's got one axe and a little sheath on his back. And then just across the other side of his back, he's got one massive two-handed axe. Um, like massive, like normal person would not be able to pick that axe up. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, he's uh, underneath that coat though. He's just got regular, just pretty average clothes on. Nothing, nothing super flashy or fancy. Just very much so like comfortable workers clothes like um kind of like real normal colors too like a clayish red clayish shirt um some brown like really dark brown cloth pants but he's got like two leather like pieces of armor on his thighs just as like a little extra like when he's chopping wood and crap like that you know protect his protect his legs and he's got Two, uh, two, or a pair of pretty heavy-duty boots, like big, big travelers, work, workman boots, um, well-made, and two pairs of heavy leather gloves. Um, it's got, like, real, real dark brownish-black hair, like borderline black hair. Um, very, uh, very bright, like, um like hazel gold eyes like pretty pretty odd color as far as humans go not like brown or blue or green or something it's kind of like an in-between mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um yeah and his hair's like pulled up into like kind of like a just messy man bun um he's got a big like septum ring piercing and uh just a big black beard like real <laughs> thick long like down to his chest beard that's got like two big braids right down the, the sides um <clears throat> and yeah he's just a uh, big big dude that's awesome yeah. i can see it so clearly in my head yeah beautiful description <laughs> <laughs> love it we got a bogo deal a bogo so buy one get one ale Buy one, get one. Morning star, passing out. Hey, you sir, take this. Take Buy this. Buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. If you get it now, you get one. It's just the way it goes, you know? If, if I have more than one, does that mean I can just... Like buy two, get two. Give them five and get five for free? Well, sure, why not? I'll take five. Well, that's all I got. Thanks for... I don't have to work anymore. So, oh, uh, go down this road, take a left. Onto, oh, hold on, can I, can I see that back real quick? Where oh, yeah, see. So, oh, Pine Avenue. Yeah, so right there on the back, I don't know why you take it. You could just turn it over and read it. If you go take a left on Pine Avenue, follow the noise, Morningstar Tavern. And then he runs away real quick. Oh, 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 okay, goodbye. <laughs> so I'll need you to roll a survival check. No. See if you can track the noise of the tavern. I haven't used the app in so long. Oh no, eight. <laughs> Starting off strong. So you you do find the Pine Avenue Street and you turn down that. And as you turn down, it's a lot of noise. It's kind of hard for you to figure out exactly where it's coming to. And you slowly make your way to this building and you almost walk in and right as you find out that the door is locked you register the fact that it is a closed bakery and the noise is coming from the other side so you walk around 
and there's this very like rambunctious but very inviting noise of a crowd inside of a tavern and it's this wooden building it's got nice like orange like decorated uh, like colored glass for the windows and there's shadows in the inside and the light is casting out and there's this nice pretty white ish like a like a light wood not stained but like natural like light colored wood and it's got a star on top of it Wolf's just going to be admiring this wood oh that's quite glorious wood i wonder where they got that he's going to make his way in so as you walk in you quickly hear You'll always remember me, I am the best, singing lines better than all the rest. And everyone is kind of like booing and like throwing things at this bard singing. It's kind of like in the middle as you're walking, like trying to get to the bar. Wolf's just going to kind of twitch a little bit and just ignore him and be like, oh, this is why we don't have bards in Lumberton. As you approach the bar and you, and you say that, this really pretty blonde hair, uh, like blonde elf with nice pretty brown eyes and sharp features kind of comes up to you she's like oh believe me this is not the bar that we want to have here tonight but thank you for coming here anyway uh, my name is Iwan can I get you something oh uh, hello uh I Iwan my name is uh Wolf Wolf both both von Lumberton of the Lumberton Lumbercorn. Both gonna be kind of like that is a blushed. mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> but it's nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> Shakes your hand. <laughs> so, it's, so here, uh, come over here to this side of the bar. Maybe I can hear you over this ridiculous bar. <sighs> both just gonna push away and move move down. So, what brings you in here? Oh, I'm on vacation from the north. It's quite quite chilly up there right now, so I figured I would uh, make my way down to Kipstall and enjoy the beaches in the south. I've never been to the beaches before. Ah, well, it is not cold, that is for sure. Yes, that's, that's what I was hoping, but on second thought, I'm only halfway there, and I'm already uh, feeling the heat. It's quite, <laughs> quite warm. I'm sure you'll be just fine. Uh, can I get you something to drink? And he takes those flyers and slaps them on the... <laughs> okay. What will these get me? Um, they'll get you... Well, however many you want to use. We'll get a free beer to match every one that you buy. I'll use them all. All right, five and five coming. You want them all at once? Yes. Okay. All, all of them, right? Can you line them up in a perfect line in front of me? I like to drink my ales back to back. <laughs> um, sure thing. I'll be right back. Uh, so she leaves, and you hear this like constant like high pitched singing, and everyone's kind of getting more annoyed with this bard, and you can hear like grumblings kind of going on and behind you. And soon she comes back uh, with another person helping carry the next five, and they line them all up right in front of you. And she politely just watches, like I gotta see this. Wolf just takes the first one. And he's like, it's been a long day, and just like starts chugging it. Downs it and sl not really slams it, but puts it down with authority, and then starts the next next one and takes a sip, and he's like, "So, did you grow up here?" <laughs> she smiles. Says, no, I grew up in the mountains. I came down here and just I got a little bored. I wanted oh, to do something different. Which mountains? The Ryus Mountains. Oh, that's 
That's just south of Lumberton. Uh, it's right on the other side, yeah. Of the free one, I think. I liked it there. It's... You get bored after doing the same thing for so long. I don't know if this is quite exactly what I wanted to be doing forever, but for now it's pretty interesting and unexpected. Oh, I wish well. I could get rid of that bard, but... Yeah, uh, see, it's uh, quite annoying. Yeah, we don't want bards, him here. Bards in general just annoy me. They're so pompous and they just like so much attention. They're like, get over yourself, man. <laughs> Wolf downs the second one, puts that on the counter. She like takes empty glasses and sets them aside. It's like, so you're, uh, you're a well-built man. See, so you have some axes. What do you, what do you do? Well, I'm a, a lumberman. I deal in, I deal in large quantities of wood, quite <laughs> large amounts. Okay. Well, we all love wood around here. Well, yes, everything's made of wood. Yeah, I guess. But, oh, my town, we're quite a creative name. My, my great-great-great-grandfather gave it Lumberton. Because we deal in lumber. That's... <laughs> Wolf just kind of looks inside, like... But! <laughs> the name's stuck. It's... Simplistic, and that's nice. You know what you get. Now, would you be open to maybe taking a side route on your way? To, you said you're going to Kipstall. Oh yes. So, I have a proposition for you that you might be particularly good at, considering that you are a lumber person. Well, and I am a man of business, so anything that could potentially make my town some more money. I'm all ears. So she like puts her arm like on the bar, like rests her head on her hand and like looks at you in a very flirty kind of way. And she's like, so I have a friend that is trying to generate a lot of support for small towns that have been going through hardships and random attacks that stolen the crops and goods and burned down their houses. And we have a, a lumber competition to get a lot of wood cut fast to help build houses and, and buildings we need help from local people to cut down wood and you could win a prize we just have to take the west trail out of here towards tree hollow the west trail towards tree hollow it's not quite south but you can continue south afterwards well it sounds like a like a competition that's tailored just to my my skill set. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Uh, if they think they've chopped a lot of wood, they've yet yet to see <laughs> Wolf and his axes. Oh, I'm sure they would like the challenge. It's usually the same old boys whenever they have to do this kind of thing. Not always. But I think it'd be nice to have a new face in there. Oh, no offense, but these southerners do not know how to chop down a tree. <laughs> well, I don't know either, so I'll happily let you teach them how to do it. Now, I do have another question, and this one is maybe a little bit more of a hush-hush. Wolf -hush. lands then. How good are you at making something look like an accident? Well, uh... I am quite clumsy, so if you just give me a little bit of time, I will uh, probably 
probably accidentally do something. See, none of the locals around here, and she looks around, will help me with my bard problem. Your and bard. you seem to not like bards. Yes, I find them quite distasteful. So this particular bard is a bit of a problem because he doesn't ever leave, but we can't tell him to leave because the owner is related. So, perhaps a traveler that is on his way through could help me out. Wolf, Wolf just strokes his long ass beard for a second. Oh, am I the traveler? Yes. Oh, uh, well, I, I won't kill him. Oh my god, no. No, 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 no. I don't know, but could you like... I didn't think this all the way through. I don't know. Maybe you don't have to beat him up. Could you scare him, maybe? I could, uh, whack him in the head with a table. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> you got a deal. I'll give you another five ales. On top of the five that I... Well, you earn those with the coupons. These are earned by the pest control. My gosh. Was that too much? Oh no, it's quite enough. <laughs> okay. Ale, ale, is, uh, ale is like water for me. I just drink it and rehydrate and then I... Uh, oh, whiskey and rum are probably my my drinks if I'm trying to have a good time. Oh, we can exchange those for whiskey and rum instead. Well, sounds like you have a deal. All right. Bolt's just gonna look over at, at the bard and just kind of shake his head. He's like slowly walking around singing. Everyone's kind of like turning their heads to ignore him and he's getting annoyed that knowing is paying attention to him, so he's getting like more boisterous and loud. Wolf's just gonna kinda scan the crowd for anybody that he could potentially get into a brawl with or maybe some way to, I don't know, cause, cause a ruckus. Maybe All right. pretend like he's chasing a rat across the floor or something. <laughs> You never know. Uh, roll for perception. Oh yeah, starting off real strong, nine. <laughs> so you do spot some, not like, like you're, you're definitely the biggest guy there without a doubt, but you see some other like larger people, like uh, labor workers kind of drinking off in the corners. Uh, there are a little bit wedged into their own corner, so it's not like you could stumble into them. You'd have to kind of go out of your way to, to bump into them. Uh, but there are a mixed match of tiny little tables and chairs all kind of like decorated throughout this uh, tavern. So if you were to try to make your way to any other spot, it would be a bit of maneuvering for you to have to get anywhere. He's going to... Uh... You said there aren't any... People that look about his size. Oh no, they're all. They're in the back corner. Oh, so he's gonna go towards that back corner and sit down outside of that table. Okay. And just kind of listen to their conversation. Mm, this Wait. guy 
I just get no more nerves. It doesn't shut up. I just want to relax when I come here. Just kind of lay poor. You have a, a problem with my, my friend over there? Oh, it's your friend, is he? We want you to tell him to shut up then. Well, how dare you? He's got a beautiful voice. You think that's beautiful? Yes, it's, he's got the voice of a thousand songbirds. Maybe darling songbirds. Friend, what? I don't much like your attitude. Uh, he like sits up and he's like, I don't think we're going to be friends. Well, I don't, maybe I don't want to be your friend, buddy. Oh, that's fine, then leave. Especially if you're going to be with the likes of him and the bartender walk closer to you guys. Wolf's just gonna shake his hand, just kinda eye the bard getting closer. He's gonna be like, well, it's been my friend for quite a long time and I would feel quite, uh, quite ashamed of myself if I didn't defend his honor as profession of song. Well, that makes you pretty So how about you take that back? Boss is gonna kinda lean a little bit closer. He's gonna lean closer and he's like, And then crack his knuckles a little bit. I'm not taking nothing back. Well, sounds like we have a problem. The guy like chugs his beer. Both chugs <laughs> the one that he brought with him. And he smashes it on the table. He's like, let's go then. Instead of smashing his, he just smashes it upside his head. Oh my god. <laughs> so as soon as he goes, let's go. A good go, defense is a good offense. Just ricochets right off his head. His neck cracks to the side. He doesn't die. And the guy goes, oh, and stumbles forward and like blood comes out a little bit. And his buddies like jump backwards and chairs jump out. And then they like make their way over and shove you backwards and you stumble back a little bit. Wolf catches himself on the table and he just kind of looks out the corner of his eye to see what the bard's doing. Oh, uh, the bard is now like, like right on the outskirts of this little skirmish and now he's like backing up and like missing his tune and looks kind of annoyed that this is happening when he is trying to perform. So, and... Wolf's uh, slightly, slightly feeling himself state, and after a good, relaxing trip down, he's just gonna one arm, just pick that table up and just chuck it in the bard's general direction, acting like he's clearing area for him to. All right, so that's <laughs> making so some the... room for what's about to go down. Um, I don't want to do this. What? I'll have you roll for this. Let's do dexterity. Okay. So the bard is trying to sidestep people and everyone else is kind of like seeing the, this shocking event happen. A lot of other patrons are starting to like jump up and everyone's like shook and then the table flies. And rolled nine. Oh, so close. Super dexterous. Super dexterous. <laughs> the table doesn't quite make contact with the bard, but what it does do is it hits this little, the uh, violin that he's playing, and that violin smashes into his face. It's kind of like you hit the arm and it just swings and run, rams his face, and you hear this sort of 
and he smashes backwards, and there's this loud, like, <laughs> nose. And in the midst of that, in the midst of everyone, like, this tumble and everyone getting just like shook at the, with this fighting scene and this table flying across the room, that noise <laughs> silences everybody. And then they all start laughing. And it is hysterical. <laughs> and Wolf's just gonna be like, kind of looks over his shoulder. I'm gonna see if he, if, if the job, the deed has been done. So the the bard is now bleeding everywhere. His face is kind of cut and scarred from like wood splinters being gouged in his face, and his nose is like completely destroyed. And he's looking around, expecting like people to run over, and instead everyone's just kind of laughing at the fact that he is now making the same noise with a bloody nose as he was when he was trying to sing. And he's in this frustration and his very colorful, buoyant outfit is now being draped and ruined in his blood he runs out in anger into the streets and everyone claps and cheers and at about this time that those guys that were about to start fighting and got distracted by all this kind of help up their buddy and look over and say hey all right boss just gonna pick up a chair and go like to smack the guy with it all right what I don't want any trouble. Wolf just smacks him with the chair anyways. He passes out and his other friends and go and they just leave. Yeah, Wolf, Wolf's just gonna be like, my god, my friend! <laughs> just playing with the act and he kinda like grabs one ale before he runs out and just kinda runs out the door. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Does he see whichever way he goes when he gets outside? Uh, you can tell that he runs off into like a distant alleyway off to your right. The bard? Wolf's just, yeah. Wolf's just gonna make sure he's, he avoids that alleyway. Okay. Uh, so you're back on the streets now. Uh, you've had a lot of action and, and ales and you probably had some like nice little snacks at the bar when you're sitting there eating. Is there anything you want to do while you're in Tree Hollow? No, you're not in Tree Hollow. You're in um, Philiport. It's gonna be like, I do need to get my ales. No, my whiskeys. He goes back in the bar. Okay. <laughs> you go back in, people cheer as you come back in. He's just gonna like look around a little confused, but he's kind of used to it because that's what he's used to in Lumberton. <laughs> so he's just gonna be like, ah, hello. <laughs> And make his way back to the bar. <laughs> it don't last too long. You know, it's like a like, oh hey, you're back kind of thing, and then they go back to their drinks. You sit down, Iwine comes over. Oh, that was certainly interesting. Bolt's just gonna kinda shake his head and be like, oh. I wasn't uh would say it was my best work or my smoothest work, but I'm used to chopping trees, not committing espionage. I, I, that's well, I guess fair. that's not espionage, but you know what I mean. It's not my not my forte. <laughs> well, all the same, I think that was a solid uh, show that you put on. She definitely, definitely fucked up Tito's face, so I'll take that. <laughs> fucked up whose face? Oh, the bard's name is Tito. Oh my gosh. 
A man's name is worse than his voice. Just Tito, like he's no, no special. last name. No last name. Oh, bards, they make me sick. I know. I hope he doesn't come back here. With a scarred face, he probably won't. I don't know if his dad's rich enough to pay for a magic fix of his face, but I certainly hope not. Well, with his voice, uh, he probably doesn't have enough money to pay for himself. <laughs> no, that's why he plays here. Boss just gonna kind of lean back in his chair. Just join me for a whiskey. Absolutely, here you go. <laughs> she hand you a drink. Well, it is unfortunate that some other of our patrons got beat up, but us fair in war, I suppose. Thank you for your help. Oh, you're welcome. How long are you gonna stay in town? Probably just the evening. I need to make my way through and to the south on a time in a timely manner so I can get back to get back to my home and get back to business as usual. Chopping wood. There are so many trees to chop. Not enough hands to chop them. <laughs> so you're staying for the night? Oh yes, of course. I wouldn't have come here if I wasn't. Do you have a place to stay at? I get off in a few hours. Both just kind of raises his eyebrow. Well, I was hoping to stay here, but you know. Well, you can stay with me. Just kind of grins a little bit. It's like, well, we'll have to have a few more whiskeys to fully relax from the day. He just slides like two gold pieces across the counter. He's like, well, that should more than pay for the missing whiskey. Well, thank you very much. I'll see if I can speed this up a little bit. Well, she... just let me know if I can do anything. No, just let me know if you need anything. She runs off to go cater to other caretakers and some time passes, she comes back and chats and I'll drink a little bit more and the... eventually everyone leaves and you head upstairs with I one. Wow, chicka wow, wow. Wow, chicka wow, And so we wake up the next morning, and there's a bit like a little note in the bed. It's like, hey. Hey. Wake up. I gotta go open the bar. Wait, there's a. a no, she's waking you up. Oh, and Wolf just kind of like startles away. Oh! My god, I was sleeping so well. This is the best sleep I've had in, in weeks, maybe months. Who knows, maybe even years. That's, that's good, thank you so much. I had a great time last night. There's a note that explains what to do on the way to Tree Hollow. Come say bye before you go. You're not coming? She turns around like, I have to work. But maybe you'll come back. She's gonna kind of me like, I could possibly be back. You well, never know. If you're a businessman, then you should be. Everything that goes south must come back north. That's oddly inspirational. I agree. <laughs> I really do have to go. <laughs> he just kind of gives her a gentle little side hug. She 
comes back and kisses you on the cheek and then runs out. Goes to open up the bar directly underneath you. Wolf's just gonna kind of sit there in bed and listening to the clatter downstairs and kind of pack up his things and just kind of get ready to get back on the road. So there's a, then inside the note, there's directions on how to get to Tree Hollow, shows you the areas, and also gives you a little like, uh, <laughs> I almost wanted to call it a permission slip. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll pass. <laughs> right? It's like a, oh hey, uh, letting you use her horse. Okay. And so there's a stable on the other side, like on the out, little bit outskirts of town, so they can like, Cater to the horses and take them on walks and all that horsey shit that you do with the with those animals, you know, creepy animals. And you get there, the young lad runs up and like looks at this little note that you hand him and brings you over and there's this beautiful painted horse, golden brown and white decked horse that's got like a nice very elaborate carved saddle on top of it. And he looks at you and looks at the horse, looks at the note. I know it says that you can take this horse, but I don't know if you're gonna fit on this saddle. I may have to resaddle the horse. He's just gonna look at the horse and be like, is this Iwan's horse? Yeah, this is Marigold. Oh, it's gorgeous horse. Gorgeous horse for a gorgeous woman. Turns red in the face, like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, would you mind if I put a saddle, or do you want to take the saddle as is? I keep looking up because he's smaller than you, and then I realize that I need to make eye contact with you as I'm talking. So I'm like, wait a second. I'm talking to the ceiling right now. Well, it's just going to look at the saddle and knowing that he was ridden like Clydesdales and shit back in Lumberton, he said, you're going to need a larger saddle. See, that's what I thought too. How much to resaddle this horse? Oh, we could probably get it done pretty quick. He looks back like, yeah, he's almost done with that one over there. Um, give us like a half an hour. We can get this all set up. Let me take some measurements of you real quick. I have no idea what they do to like figure out a saddle for somebody, so I'm making that shit up. So that would be about 10 silver. And Wolf just gives him a gold. <laughs> That'll work too. And they get you all situated. And finally, Marigold is set up with this really nice saddle. It's perfect for your arse. Um, Wolf just goes over. Well, good afternoon, Marigold. And he just kind of scratches her behind the ear. Do you have any, uh, any treats that I could give Marigold that I could possibly buy? Oh, yeah, um, where are those? There's, Grandpa, where did you put the carrots? Oh, they're over here, there you go. He opens up the bag and it's like, uh, we got about a half a dozen carrots in here. I'll take them all. All right, um, five copper. Just give them another gold piece. Holy, <laughs> Grandpa, I'm taking the day off. <laughs> Uh, plenty of carrots now. We have six carrots for Marigold. <laughs> Wolf's just gonna give her one right away. <laughs> kind of scratch her on the the head or that spot between their nose and eyes. And just, oh yeah, like, like yeah. a bridge. Yeah. 
All right, Jim Marigold, let's let's get on our way. Apparently, uh, we need to go to. Uh, well, I can't quite remember the name of the town. <laughs> <laughs> 